Thank you. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, would you come and meet with us? Would your word come alive to us this morning? Holy Spirit, would you be moving, causing our hearts to catch a deeper level of your truth, a deeper level of your joy? Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I was going to try and uh, see if we could get it playing as you all walked in. But I think we get enough of that when we go to Sainsbury's or Tesco's or John Lewis or, or wherever. Everywhere you go, you're hearing people singing these songs. Or if you're in church, you're here, Joy to the World. And, and I have the privilege today of, one, speaking to both sides of the people. So I'm just going to move. But two, uh, talking about joy and um, opening up a bit of the Bible um, that we would be a people who are living in joy and get to share that joy with the people around us. So Christmas, I love the trees, the decorations. I mean, even this jumper, in, worn in irony, don't get me wrong, I have three Christmas jumpers and you will be seeing all three over the Christmas period. And partly it's also because my love language is gifts. So I spend much of November... <laughs> And a lot of December, making plans, making lists, working out who do I want to buy a gift for, and then going and finding a bargain, working out, wrapping it, all so that I can give it to them and see that, that moment of joy. It's just, it's just a love gifts, love language thing, but it makes me so happy. For others, it might be a time when we look forward to spending time with family, taking a break from quite a, a slog through a cold, long term, eating special foods that you can only get within like three weeks of a year. And of course, if you have Andy Williams everywhere you go singing, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Surely it must be true, right? But as Christians in the midst of all of that, it's also the season where we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus came down to earth to demonstrate God's heart of love for us. And as we think about joy, there's also, and as we've already said, there's it does come with its challenges. I mean, it is expensive. It's a whole lot of food and gifts and things that we might have tried to budget for. But actually, when it comes to it, and you have 15 people coming around your house, you're like, is there going to be enough food? Is there enough money? Have you got all the presents you need to buy before the Amazon last order cutoff date? I know I haven't yet. A time when families that we maybe love in, in short bursts are thrown together, and all sorts of conflicts could arise from Brussels sprouts to Brexit. There you go, there's a quote for you. When our children maybe get out of routine and end up on this five-day sugar high, fueled by the in-laws or the grandparents, and all you're doing is just pleading, please can you put the sugar away? It's eight o'clock at night, and they need to go to bed. A time when loved ones, some that we've lost as a church this year, who might be particularly missed. And Christmas doesn't feel the same without them. Or maybe there's been other changes this year that mean that the way we'll be able to celebrate Christmas is just that little bit different. And we've got to adjust to that. As we light the second Advent candle, we get to take a moment to think about the joy of that first Christmas and how we might enter into it in a new way this year. Let's have our reading. Luke 1, verse 39 to 56. At that time, 
Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the the hungry with good things but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the gospel of Christ. Come on, there's at least one Anglican in this building, right? Come on. Sorry, just testing. We can work on that in 2019. Um, right, so before we unpack the passage, um, we need to ask the question, what is joy? We're singing these hymns. We're, we're hearing it all over in the songs that we conveniently also got to pick. In the Bible, in the, in the carols. But what is joy? I'd like to suggest to you that joy is more than just a feeling of happiness. It is a God-given gift, part of the fruit of the Spirit that we can also choose to lean into and cultivate. It originates from who God is. We know that joyful people are happy, but happy people aren't always joyful, which points to the fact that there's something deeper and more fundamental going on here. Perhaps my favorite, joy is highly contagious and has the amazing ability of helping to put things into perspective. And there's even verses in the Bible where Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, be joyful always. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not, that's not how I live my life. There are moments, sure. And maybe Christmas, there's a little bit more helping us along. I mean, the tree looks fantastic. The candles, the, the jumpers, the food, the family, all helping us along, helping us celebrate. But that's not where I live most of my life. So in the passage, we see a number of different sources of joy that we're going to take a moment to unpack before exploring how we might actually enter into a deeper joy this Christmas season. So John the Baptist, in his mother's womb, it was a powerful, involuntary, physical reaction to being close to Jesus. I'm not sure, and I will never have the privilege of carrying a child. But I can imagine this, this child in a womb leaping. That's, that's going to be powerful. That's noticeable. For Mary, it was much more of a, a conscious reflection 
And then she comes to express that in her song of praise, rejoicing in what God is doing in and through her. She became more and more aware that she was caught up in something bigger, much bigger than she could imagine for herself. And for Elizabeth, the joy came through her choice to celebrate what was God doing through her cousin and, and content to play just a small part in, in the larger story. John's joy was perhaps more of a supernatural gift. He wasn't awake, just about. He wasn't awake to like rationally fight with it, to rationally battle through, find that place of joy. He was just there in a womb, just responding to the presence of God. Mary's was actually, from that place of gratitude, actually wrestling, trying to process what was going on in her life. And I was struck just reading the passage through this week. She would have still had so many questions and uncertainties that she still would have needed answers to. But they seem less important in the light of what God was doing. We know that the story goes on and they had to flee for their lives and move and run and try and protect the baby Jesus. But in that moment, that's not, that's not what's front and center in her mind. She's there praising God. Thanking him that he provides. He fills the hungry with good things. He's helping his servant Israel. And for Elizabeth, maybe also wrestling with questions about her own pregnancy. Her husband hadn't been able to talk for probably a few days, maybe weeks, months by that point. And she wasn't young. Or as we like to say in the church, high mileage. But she was still someone who, who could invite Mary in and Mary could turn and trust and celebrate with. And in, in this passage, all three are, are responding to, to Jesus coming to earth. And I think for us as Christians, that is, has to be one of the greatest moments of joy in, in the church calendar, the greatest story ever told. Philippians 2 reminds us that Jesus chose to empty himself and be found on earth in the form of a man. And in the midst of all the, the Christmassy things, we get to come and just celebrate that really simple truth that Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world. And I'd love to take a moment. For God so loved Valerie. For God so loved Rosie. For God so loved Craig, Adair, Nelica. Steve, all of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is what Christmas is all about. And yes, it's you also, if I didn't mention your name. We celebrate the fact that Jesus came to manifest God's heart of love to us. That God comes to remove all the barriers between himself and us. And we also celebrate that, yes, he came once, a couple of thousand years ago, but we, we look forward as well to him coming again, to finishing what we started, to bringing completion to, to what we do here on earth, the call to make disciples, the call to, to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. There will be an end to suffering and pain and war and Brexit, and we will live with him forever. But this isn't the reality I spend my whole life living in. 
I was brought up a Christian. And so from the moment I could actually understand the story, so probably year two, this is just what we do, right? We're good Christians. Let's get the trees out. Let's get the little manger scene out. Let's get the advent calendars. Let's eat just that little bit too much chocolate. Although I grew up in Switzerland, so that was part of the the culture, right? It's in my blood. And only Lindor, so none of that dairy milk stuff. But, but I was challenged a couple of years ago that I had lost something about Christmas. And, and because I'd lost something about Christmas, I'd lost something of the joy of my salvation. And I'd love us to explore some of that today. Um, just growing up, we, we, had a re- we have a really close family. And um, Christmas was all about a holiday, going to Tenerife. Why? Because that's where my grandma had chosen to retire. So Christmas saw all of us packing up all these gifts, getting on a plane, often like Monarch or Ryanair, one of these like budget, budget ones. But having a whole amazing week, maybe 10 days, in the middle of like the sun and like on the beach and like doing Christmas, sure, because we're British, but, but, but doing family. And then, and then that changed. Um, and I was reflecting this week, actually, I lost something of that Christmas joy when my grandma died. Then suddenly there isn't that same reason to, to pilgrimage even to Tenerife. Sure. And actually, God's been teaching my heart again to enjoy Christmas in a different way to celebrate with the people who we get to celebrate with. We're going out for a meal with these wonderful people in a week or two. But like, we get to do that as our, as our Coventry family and then we'll go visit our friends and our other family. And, and that's all still no less valid, different, but no less valid. And, and the call is to, to move through that grief and process that if that's something you're carrying today to get to that place of joy, the joy of God's love coming to earth. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. For John the Baptist, I'm not sure he was a baptized, the baptizer yet, but for John the Baptist, it was this amazing, complete, unrestrained joy, a deep response of just being in God's presence. And we have that as a church. We, we experience these moments, whether in worship, whether by ourselves, whether by in nature. We, we get to experience some of this presence of God. And that's what Christmas is about. The presence of God here with us, Emmanuel, God with us. For others, the joy might come through working it out. We've been going in our missional community through reasons why being a Christian is actually better. And it's, it's been phenomenal. And at the end of every time we gather, I'm leaving, walking away, going, yeah, like being a Christian is actually better. We get to do stuff in the world. We get to see miracles. We get to pray and see things change. This is a real faith. This is a real God that we get to serve and love and worship and adore this Christmas. And it's some of this stuff that we get to build our lives upon. The invitation isn't just be joyful always and then God's standing over you with a stick. No, be joyful and like slapping your wrist if you're not quite managing to work it up in yourself. No, we get to live from a place of joy. Why? Because he has done so much for us. 
And Mary's song of praise is incredible. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call her blessed. Yeah, well done for her. But for us, he has mighty, has done great things for us, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms, and it carries on. And we've been focusing on a church that we're blessed to be a blessing. There's so many stories that we, we stand on the stage, we testify that God has moved in our lives. God is moving in our families in our workplaces. People are becoming Christians. People are getting baptized. It's incredible. But without that, joy can feel like an unrealistic ideal. The Bible tells us to be joyful always. At which point you might feel more like humbug. Like, no, I'm sad. I'm grumpy. Things are not working out for me. You're telling me to joyful, but there is nothing to be joyful about. And if that's you today, I'd love to say that's okay. There are seasons where it is hard, where where the discipline of joy is is actually much more of a choice, where we lose sight maybe of some of the, as Caroline was saying, return to me the, the joy of my salvation. We've got battered. We've been bruised. 2018 might have been a really rough year. For so many of us. And then looking forward to Christmas. Christmas might be a thing that we are holding on. Just white knuckling. Trying to just get through. Till you're safely back at your desk in January. The kids are safely back with their teachers at school. You can clear the house. You can get rid of all those pine needles. That have scattered themselves everywhere across your house. But I'd love to say that there is so much more for us for God's people, for the world this Christmas time. And we get to enter into that. Joy isn't about ignoring our circumstances. But it's finding moments of joy, moments of beauty, moments of gratitude. Maybe it's a small conversation you might have with a loved one. Maybe it's just a little thing you see on the television Maybe there's a particular meal where the combination of flavors just blows your mouth away. Moments of joy we get to enter into, we get to celebrate. Because at its fundamental core, Christmas is really simple. It's about a baby. And for Mary and for Elizabeth... There's a joy there. You're carrying a baby. You're carrying life into the world. Yes, it's the son of God, but in its simplicity, it's just a baby kicking and screaming. That's crying. That needs feeding. That needs its nappy changed. And I know as a church, we've celebrated Lily and Bertie and Rhiannon and Freya and Emily. And as a church, we've been able to celebrate Those moments, those simple moments where you've held a baby, maybe for the first time, a new life. A moment of gratitude, a moment of joy, completely simple, completely pure. And I find it incredible that in the midst of all the the Christmas shenanigans and the late night shopping 
and the credit card debts and all the food that we're about to eat, for which we are truly thankful. We get to offer the world this simple joy. The fact that God came to earth as a baby. And whether we're celebrating like John the Baptist, whether we're celebrating like Mary, whether we're celebrating like Elizabeth or anyone else you can imagine across the Bible, it's really that simple. For me, as I was, I guess, rebuilding my joy, came back into loving Christmas, it was giving gifts that that triggered it back in me. That actually, there's a moment where I get to just tell someone I love them and get to show them and catch a little bit of God's heart that he chose to do the same for me. He chose to do the same for us. And yes, it might not be a 15-pound thing from Amazon. It was actually Jesus who came to die and manifest God's love and deal with sin once and for all. But we get to just take a little bit of that generosity, take a little bit of that sacrifice, take a little bit and give that away. Give love away. Give hope away this Christmas. It says, I'm coming to close. There's, there's a whole bunch of questions that, that might be throwing up for you. Maybe you're a parent and actually remembering the moment when your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh child was born. Is there a little hook there for you to recapture some of the joy this Christmas? Or is is the call to actually remember maybe some of the stories from this year where we celebrated that we're caught up in something bigger, that people are getting baptized, that people are coming to faith. Is that the hook that God wants to use this morning to, to hook your heart, to catch you up into a little bit more joy? Are there practical things that you need help with this morning? We're a family. There are people who do Christmas so, so well for not much money. And if, if that's you and you're just wrestling with budgets and stuff, there's probably loads of people around who'd love to help you wrestle that through or how to deal with awkward in-laws. Not that mine are awkward, but awkward in-laws, an awkward family who actually, that is stealing your joy. As a family, we get to push and help each other, spurring one another on in love and joy and gratitude this Christmas. Or do you want to come and have a conversation with me about love languages and how you have been built, how you have been made, and how you, this Christmas, get to express joy? It might be in words. It might be making sure you get quality time with one or two, three or four people as you maybe take a break from work. There are so many things that steal our joy. There are so many things that are hard, that are disappointing, that are sad. And I'd love to invite us this morning to do business with God, maybe, if that's how we're entering into Advent. Taking a moment to actually stop and process some of that grief, some of that sadness, some of those things that we're worried and scared about. We were singing about beauty for ashes, sorrow for joy. And this morning as a church, we get to make space for each other to trade up, maybe, some of the heavy stuff that we're carrying. 
joy to the world, the Lord has come. It wasn't big. It wasn't flashy. It will be next time. But this time, he was just a baby. And there's a simplicity that we get to offer each other and the people around us. There is hope. There is joy. There is beauty. There is gratitude. Let's be a people of joy this Christmas.